0: Welcome back to Do Theology, where we have just returned from the G3 conference in Hotlanta. And we uh, want to share with you an interview that we conducted with an executive vice president with G3, Scott Aniel. But before that, just wanted to share some thoughts with you about the conference, uh, how it went from our perspective, what we saw, what we noticed. Ken, you want to start just kicking around some thoughts on uh, what we went through those Three days, two and a half days, whatever it was.
1: Yeah, so this was our first G three experience. Uh, this is probably the largest event that I've ever been to outside of a sporting event. So that was kind of cool. About uh, sixty five hundred people in attendance mm-hmm. or so. Yep. So it was quite large. The conference room was was huge. Um, I'm sure that kind of just reveals a little bit of the uh, limitations of my personal life experiences. But yeah, it was it was. It was pretty neat and pretty amazing. Of course, the theme was Christology, uh, upholding a biblical doctrine of what the scriptures teach about Christ, um, critical doctrine, of course, for uh, Christianity. So, uh, yeah, it's real good. Really enjoyed uh, having lots of good conversations with people. Hi, uh, hold on. Bye. Bye, Jeremy. Bye, Jeremy. Oh, I just remembered oh hey, that. you're
0: back. <laughs> just remembered I, had my, uh, I still have my lanyard. Oh, in fancy. the uh, bag. And on the back, it's got the uh, names of the main session speakers. So for those of you who aren't familiar with G3, here's an idea of who the uh, general session speakers were. Josh Bice, Conrad Mbewe, Joel Beakey, Stephen Lawson, John MacArthur, David Miller, Phil Johnson, The Just Thinking Podcast, Dr. James White, Bodie Bacham, Paul Washer, Mike Riccardi, Hensworth Jonas, and Stephen Lawson spoke again. And in addition to them, Justin Peters was there doing a breakout session. Pastor James Coates from Edmonton, Canada, who was arrested uh, up there earlier this year amid all the COVID stuff. He was a breakout session speaker. Nathan Busnitz and many others uh, were breakout session speakers too. There was just a lot of people. Anthony Mathenia, Paul Washer's pastor. So lots and lots of people. It's kind of like a who's who of conservative evangelicalism or as I've told a few people, it's like uh, going to a conservative evangelical Disneyland. That's kind of what it was like.
1: Yeah, there you go. What um, what surprised you the most from our time there?
0: Um, that's a good question. I'm not used to being asked questions on our podcast. Uh, <laughs> so I, I'm the one who gets to now say, oh, that's a good question and then think about it. Um, I, I guess it would be the sheer volume of people holding to a pretty specific set of beliefs. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was an interesting aspect to the whole thing uh, with Josh Bice and, well, really the whole crew of the guys who were speaking. They've obviously drawn a line in the sand against anything that hints of social justice. And a specific moment in the whole thing was the first plenary Q and a session where Josh Bice basically said there are certain Christian schools and organizations that are not here because they have not been invited. Mm -hmm. And he was talking about maybe without specifically talking about the Southern Baptist seminaries and other Southern Baptist groups, his Josh Bice, who's the founder of G three, his church is a Southern Baptist church for the moment, but he was also hinting at they're going to be maybe not Southern Baptist in the future. And so, Okay, so this is a very specific group. You're talking people who have drawn several lines in the sand, not just on that issue, but on other issues, and then you've got 6,500 people there in the largest convention center in Atlanta between the Mercedes-Benz Center where the uh, Falcons play and the arena where the Hawks play. It's like this huge place, and you've got all these vendors there. There were probably, what, 50 vendors that were present or more?
1: Probably more. I'd say more
0: 60, 70. Yeah. Uh, and so that was pretty, that was just kind of weird. Cause you, you see it all online and this was going from your virtual experience of that Christian circle to the real life interaction experience of that Christian circle. And even then it wasn't everybody in the circle like Todd Friel wasn't there and others, but it was weird that that, that was, that was weird, but interesting. Yeah. So what what about you? How would you answer that question?
1: Uh, So that is certainly a factor. And uh, we even kind of got into that issue a little bit with uh, Scott Anniol in our interview. Um, But I was kind of struck by how the way the conference was structured around the plenary speakers. A lot of times you go to a conference and there's like a main plenary in the morning and main plenary in the evening. And then in between, there's all these different breakouts and this was kind of reversed of that model, where it was like every single day there was just blocks and blocks of plenary speakers, and then just one breakout session each day instead of multiple. So that was kind of reversed from what I'm used to seeing from conferences, so that was pretty interesting. So you'd have... You know, somebody would preach for an hour, and then we would sing one song, and then somebody else would get up and preach for an hour, mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes longer. Yeah. Uh, but it was great. It was really good, and uh, it, it's kind of neat. Through that, you got you got the opportunity to hear more of the of, of some of these headline guys uh, that uh, were bringing God's word. So,
0: yeah, yeah. well One more. I'll I'll throw out one more pro and con to the whole thing. Uh, the con, I think tying into what you were just describing. So that's like the positive side of that. But the negative side of that is because of the sheer volume of people and the, the way it was structured when you went to a breakout session at G3, uh, it wasn't like your typical breakout session. You know, I, I just think breakout session, more intimate of a setting, more practical, But there were, what, six breakout sessions each time? Five, six, seven, somewhere in there? Yeah, I think so. So, well, it doesn't really matter. Whatever number, there were no more than seven. I know that. You're basically averaging 1,000 attenders per breakout session if you just evenly divided it. And so that's, I mean, how many of our listeners have even been to a church with a thousand people, right? And so it's like whatever size your church is times whatever, that's how big those breakouts are. And so it ended up being more of just like more sermons. And I I didn't really like that as much. I was hoping that the breakout Mm -hmm. sessions would be a little more practical, personal, but... It's just one of the things you have to realize when a concert or a concert when a conference gets this big, you're just going to lose that factor, and and that's just is what it is. I mean, there's nothing they can do about it. It's just gotten that big. Yeah. Um, now one of the positives, though, based on it being this big, was all the vendors that were there. That was really interesting for me mm-hmm. uh, because you walk around and it's like, okay, well, there's end abortion now from Apologia Studios and Apologia Church and Phoenix. And there's Chris Arnzen from Iron Sharpens Iron Radio in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. There's Dwayne Atkinson, friend of the podcast, uh, from... the Bar Network? Yeah, Bar Network in North, He's in North Carolina. There's Tom Askell with Founders Ministries. Tom uh, Askell wasn't a speaker at this year's conference, but he was there at his booth with Founders. He's from you know Florida. I mean, just on and on you go. You're walking around seeing these people who are influencers in our circle on social media and in other platforms and getting to meet them, getting to talk to them, just being, being there. I mean, and, and it's so weird. Like I was telling my wife, I uh, was walking around in the – uh, vendor area. And it's like, I think I just walked by a couple of the Duggar sisters. (laughs) Yeah. Sure enough. They were there. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a very, when when you think of the world population, this is a very niche group of people, but it's like, these are Christian famous people that you're mingling with. And that was, that was a cool experience, uh, kind of brought everybody down to earth a little bit, I think.
1: Yeah. Well, personally I was encouraged through it and, uh, I came home and, um, I was planning on, uh, our church, we're moving through the book of Philippians, and I was planning on continuing on through that. And just as I was reflecting on the nature of Christology and the things that we heard, I kind of did a little pivot and preached on uh, 3 John verse 9, which says, everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. But whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. Just underscores the necessity and the importance of having good biblical Christology, is if we Error in this area if we go astray, if we go beyond. That's that's what the word anyone who goes on ahead, it means to go past an established boundary, to go beyond what the scripture teaches. Those individuals that do that do not have Christ and they do not have God. That's a truly tragic thing. So I was very encouraged and and uh uh what's the right word I'm looking for? I don't know what the right word edified, is. Edified.
0: Satisfied. Oh,
1: edified. There we go. Edified oh. regarding the uh the importance of the doctrine of Christ.
0: Good deal. Well, are we ready to get into our interview with Mr. Aniol, Doctor Aniol? Yeah. I should say he is a PhD. I'll just read his bio from his website. This is from ScottAniol.com. It says Scott Aniol is Executive Vice President and Editor in Chief of G3 Ministries, and that's really recent, by the way. He just moved to Atlanta and joined joined with them within the last. Month and a half or so. It says he is a teacher of culture, worship, aesthetics, and church ministry philosophy. He lectures around the country in churches, conferences, colleges, and seminaries, and he has authored several books and dozens of articles with that hyperlinked there. He got his PhD in worship ministry. He, He, uh, led a breakout session at G3 on Christ-centered worship that I attended. It was pretty good. And so uh, he was gracious enough to give us a few minutes of his time that we could sit down and, and chat through some stuff regarding G3. And, you know, I'd encourage you, listener, if you're new to G3, if you're hearing about it for the first time, really consider going Next time it's an every other year conference. And so the next one is in two years, the end of September, 2023, it's always in Atlanta. So, uh, really put that on your radar and check it out next conference. The theme is the sovereignty of God. So they'll probably have the exact same speakers there and they're going to rev up their Calvinism to level 10, which could be (laughs) probably so (laughs) could be
1: pretty exciting. Very good. Well, without any further ado, here's our interview with Scott Anniel.
0: Right. Well, we are here at the G3 conference with Scott Aniel and did I pronounce your name right? Yep. Aniel. Aniel. Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> Can you go ahead and just tell us your position now at G3, yeah. where you've been and where you're
2: going? Yep. So last 10 years I've been in faculty at Southwestern Seminary in Fort Worth, uh, now coming on as Executive Vice President and Editor-in-Chief of G3. So just trying to, you know, it's, it's been, a, it's amazing. This conference has grown so big. It's been such a help and Josh has been doing it all. I mean of course the church, you know, has had a big role. So, so now he's he brought on Virgil Walker, who's sort of dealing with all of the logistics and operations of the events and things. I'm going to help to provide some oversight of some things, and then especially uh, we're really wanting to expand to produce materials for the church, cur- teaching curricula, online courses, and then even G3 Press to begin publishing books and other things. So that's going to be largely my role in helping to expand those aspects of the ministry. Wow. So. so-
0: uh, 6,500 people, just yep,
2: about yep, this year. Yep. Uh,
0: what? What's the goal for pastors and churches? I mean, people might be watching or listening who have never, never been, or may not even be familiar with you. Three. Yeah. What's the goal? What do you want these 6,500 people to walk away with? As you think now of. Being someone who is owning the conference yeah, a little bit, this is your conference, right? You can say, yeah. what do you want them to walk away
2: with? Yeah. So I think the, the the strength of G3 and the way the reason it's grown so much is that it's always existed to serve the church. I think a lot of parachurch ministries and conferences take a sort of elitist approach, like you we, you come and serve us kind of perspective. I think Josh has done a really good job of, of really emphasizing this is here to serve the church, and not only that. You know, the the constituency I think that has come are just faithful pastors, faithful Christians who trust the text, who don't want to get caught up by all of the philosophies and, you know, they're, they're not concerned about the elites of secular culture thinking that we're intelligent, right? We just want to be faithful to Scripture and disciple people, so that—that that is really our emphasis. Let's get back to the text, let's defend the truth, let's uh, submit to the sufficiency and authority of Scripture, and where things are happening in the culture that happen to be, because of the common grace, consistent with what Scripture teaches, fine, right? We can participate in those things, but especially as the culture begins to shift away, from what Bible, what, what the Scripture teaches, we've got to take a stand, and that's really what we want people to take take away from this conference. Take a stand, don't capitulate on truth, trust the sufficiency of Scripture. That's, I mean, it's that simple. It, it sounds, it sounds simplistic, and it really is. I mean, this is what we need to get back to. It's just the simplicity
1: of the authority and sufficiency of Scripture. You find that there's just a, in a bit of an encouragement with how rapidly and how hugely the g3 conference has grown so quickly yes where we are just standing for the word of god right. we're standing on the the core doctrines of the christian faith yeah and yet the, and the christ and the conference has grown so fast i remember we had uh, we had josh bison a uh, year and a half ago year ago a year something ago. like that yeah um and just asking him about like, and never in his wildest dreams did he think that the g3 would grow to the level it has and that was before i mean that I don't know what uh, how many was at the conference that that was coming up at that time, but it know. wasn't 6,500 people, right, right. <laughs> you know? It's, so it's like, it just keeps on growing. Yeah. What an encouragement that that must yes. be for especially for guys like you, for, yep. for Josh and for these other guys. Can you speak to that a little bit about just seeing how many like, it's like you think of Elijah. It's like, you know, I've, I've reserved yep. people that are faithful yep. to me. And just speak to that a little bit yeah. about how they're- no, I, I, I tweeted this out a couple weeks ago.
2: It is remarkable that one, church, that's not a mega church, and, you know, and just out of faithfulness to Christ and His Word have been able to see this thing grow. Without capitulating on truth, right? Because that's that's the perspective now. We've got to have this big tent, which means we can't say anything unpopular. We can't say anything that you know that this group is not going to like or this group is not going to like. That's never been Josh's perspective. He simply said, "This is what the word of God says. I'm going to say it, whether it's popular or not. We're going to stand on the truth." And that's what all. I mean, that's the, that's the speakers that are invited, and. Despite not capitulating, this thing has grown to be one of the largest evangelical conferences that there are. Again, without compromising that is incredibly encouraging. It gives me hope in the midst of all of what we're seeing in the broader culture, what we're seeing happening with the, the denigration of the evangelical church, to have this many people gathering. I was just talking to, to somebody I only knew on Twitter, you know, met for the first time here. It's like a family reunion. And it's so encouraging to be I've been at conferences where you know I see somebody I'm like oh I know what he thinks and it's just (laughs) uncomfortable here it's like these are my people it's comfortable because we hold to the same thing there of course are differences We're, we're not across the board You know, monolithic, but on the core important critical doctrines of the faith, especially the sufficiency of Scripture, everybody here is committed to that and it's so encouraging.
0: Yeah, I wrote an article a year and a half ago or so about, it's called the Conservative Christian Movement, or no, the State of the Conservative Christian Union, and I talked about the G3 movement in that article and listed out, okay, what are the things they have in common? And I pointed to a few, four things really. But I think maybe the main out of those four is the stand against social justice and CRT. And then I wrapped up the article by saying, you know, I think the biggest contribution that G3 has made to conservative Christianity is the emphasis on the sufficiency of Scripture. Uh, But as you think about the speakers, that are all pretty much coming from a Calvinistic soteriology. Um, they're all going to be anti-CRT and yep. social justice. They're signers of the document of right. social justice and the gospel, and on and on it goes. And that's the type of unity that is the most relevant right now, yep. it seems, yeah. in our culture, because you do have these institutions that are just buckling right. or compromising. Yep.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, And that, that really is a critical doctrine. I think everything comes back to that. Even, you know, we had a panel discussion this morning talking about attacks on the doctrine of Christ, but I was thinking as we were talking about those things, even those attacks really boil down to a distrust in the sufficiency of Scripture. We want to bring in, you know, quasi-science or what pretends to be science and evolutionary theory or we want to bring in this philosophy or that philosophy. Let's just get to the text. I mean, yesterday morning, David Miller's uh, uh, sermon—he was, you know, he was just talking about all these, you know, wanting to bring in these these hoity-toity philosophical perspectives. No, just just take the good old trust in what the Bible says. Yeah. Read it yeah. literally for what it says, and let's just rely on and trust in that. I think that really is the core the core issue for sure. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. Well, thanks for yeah. joining us. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Appreciate it. Thanks. Cut it there. All right, good. Thank you so much.